This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Parshas Bo, guys, 5782, Perik Yud Aleph, Pasik Dalit. So here's the Pasik. There's a lot here. There's a ton to it. By Yomer Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu said, Kol Amar Hashem. This is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Kechatzos Halayla, Aniyotze Besoch Mitzrayim. Everybody knows this Pasik. You've heard this Pasik before. Around midnight, I will go out in the middle of Egypt. So around midnight. That word, Kechatzos, is the big problem. Why does it use the letter Chaf and not the letter Bez? Bechatzos. So first of all, the Balatos understand that Moshe Rabbeinu understood himself that this maka was going to happen at midnight when a Kaddish Baruch Hu told him the word chatzos without anything else. And not only that, the word chatzos is written in the Torah without a vav. The vav refers to the sixth hour of the night. The vav obviously being the gematria, the sixth hour of the night. Halila, only a Balatosus would come up with this, is a palindrome. You know what a palindrome is? Like, madam, I'm Adam, a Toyota is a Toyota. You know, they go, go, yeah, flip it around. So, so too, Halila is a palindrome which we read either way, which means that this would reflect back to the Mitzrayim for everything they've done to the, Egyptian, for, to the Jews up until this point, and it would be a special time for B'nai Israel in the future, that in the past it's been a good night. This is when Avravinu fought against the four kings and his arrow, the dirt that he threw turned into arrows. In the future, it's going to be a night where Sancheriv's army is destroyed in front of Chizkiah, and it may be in the future that Mashiach will come. We don't understand that because it's not supposed to come on Yom Tif, and we don't know what that's going to be, but it's possible that there's some Something special about this night that's going to go all the way through, and that's the word halayla and the way it's worded over here. The Gemara and Brachos, Gimel Mabez, suggests that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know what time this was exactly, which is why he said kechatzos. And the Gemara then asks, that doesn't make any sense. David Amelech knew what time it was because he had that little harp. Right? And he said, that in the middle of the night, I get up to thank you. He clearly knew when Chatzos was, because he's saying, I'm getting up at Chatzos. How could Moshe Rabbeinu not have known? So the Gemara answers, David Melech had a harp. I don't know if it was a harp, a lyre, whatever it was that he had up on the top of his rooftop, that when the western wind would blow at exactly that moment, it would blow on the strings, play the strings, and it was his alarm clock. And he knew that the western wind blows at exactly Chatzos Alayla, and it blew right through his bedroom around that area. It hit the strings, played the music, and woke him up. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't have that. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't have the harp, and therefore he wouldn't know. So Rav Yashiv doesn't understand that at all. Rav Yashiv looks at him and says, did Moshe Rabbeinu not know that the northern wind blows at midnight? He for sure knew that. If David Melech knew it, Moshe Rabbeinu should have known it. So why didn't he also set up a harp? He should have put up a harp or some lyre and have something go to the northern wind blows, right? That should be it. And he answers a crazy answer. Yavamis dap ayin bays sounds like the northern wind, that I said the western wind, the northern wind did not start blowing until at Chatzos, until after Makas Bacharos. The first time it blew at Chatzos was that night. So there was nothing up until that point. They started doing it only afterward. It was after that point. Guys, there's still chairs over here also. So you can grab right over there. But that's that. It's possible that that happened right there at that moment. But I'm going to ask you, Take this question, keep it with you for right now. It's a really, really good question. And just keep it in your head because I'm going to give an unreal answer to it later and it's going to be awesome, okay? Keep that with you right now. Rashi says, Kichatzos means Kehecha Lake Halila. When a Kaddish Bar who split up the night, the night was divided. Because the word Kichatzos is not really 
a noun, as would be kechatsi halayla, the middle of the night. So the letter chaf doesn't really make much sense in context of that. Seemingly, it doesn't make any sense over here. This meant that a Kaddish Baruch who did not, did not go through Mitzrayim at midnight, he didn't go through then, but rather throughout the night, and sometime during the night, he punished the Mitzrayim. My gosh, there's like acrobatics going on over here. <laughs> but at some point throughout the night, Rashi seems to say that it's not just at midnight, but throughout the night, including the middle of the night, that's when HaKadosh Baruch Hu came through. This is like one of those commercials for like why you come on time to things, right? That's it. Domsky, that's, that's 100%. It's on you guys. It's 100% on you. I don't but that's Rashi. But Rashi then brings a Chazal that a Kaddish Baruch who went through Mitzrayim exactly at midnight. Not at a time around then, but exactly at midnight. And Moshe Rabbeinu added a Chav here, as we all know, because Paro's astrologers were going to mess it up. Paro's astrologers would not know when Chatzos Delilah was. They would have absolutely no idea, and they would think that Moshe Rabbeinu was a liar when they would see that it's not Chatzos, because they messed up, and yet people were dying. They were going to be like, well, Moshe Rabbeinu said it was at Chatzos. So they then were going to call him a liar, and they were going to forget about everything else that happened before, and Moshe Rabbeinu didn't want that to happen, so he said, Ki Chatzos, said no one would call him out for being a liar. And the Amalai says, how would the Mitzrayim make that mistake? Again, the astrologers back then were pretty good. I don't know if they had pendulums like we do nowadays. You know, like a pendulum goes exactly. If you go to the Museum of Science and History, they have three of them that go exactly at the right time. That tells you exactly what time it is at any point during the day because of the curvature of the earth. I don't know if they had that. I don't know if they had the concept that we have with quartzes of how they tick and everything, that the way our watches work. I don't think they had stuff like that. I'm not even so sure they had certain things like, I don't know if they had sand inside a little thing that you could turn over for how many hours each thing goes. I'm not sure if they had that stuff. I don't know what they did. I know they had sundials, but it's definitely not going to help you at night, maybe for a moon dial. But I'm not so sure how effective that is. I have absolutely no idea. But I would assume that if they had astrologers who knew that type of... The what? The, 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 the navigators on both ships. You right. That sextant? Uh, sextant, right. Okay. They have a sextant. But I don't know if that works, if it, was, if it was exact timing, and if it would be able to help you exactly when Chatzos is. But these guys are necromancers. They talk to the dead. You mean to tell me they couldn't figure out when midnight was? What was Moshe Rabbeinu afraid of? I'm afraid they're going to mess up. You don't, you're not afraid that someone's going to mess up unless you know they're going to mess up about something. Why would they mess up? So listen to this, Miyamoyes. They were going to mess up. The astrologers knew that exactly at midnight, remember how we said by Dovin Melch, there's the, the wind that blows, the northern wind blows exactly at that moment? The Gemara tells us that the dogs will bark at exactly at midnight. It's that same Gemara in Brachos. That in the middle of the night, there's two different opinions, but one opinion is right in the middle of the middle section of the night, at that moment, dogs bark. Now, that's great. That means as soon as you hear a dog bark in the middle of the night, that's when Chatzos hits. If that's true, then they would just wait for the dogs to bark, right? And if Makis Bechoros happened and the dogs didn't bark, then they would call out Moshe Rabbeinu and say, it's not Chatzos, we don't hear the dogs barking. What do we know about the dogs on the night of Makis Bechoros? They didn't bark. They didn't bark. So that whole night, the Egyptians would be waiting for the dogs to bark and thinking when midnight was, it would be when the dogs barking. But it didn't happen. Especially with the Gemara in Bavakama, which you probably have all learned at Daf Samach, that says when the Malach Amavis comes into a city, the dogs start barking. 
the dogs start barking. So they would think for sure the dogs are supposed to bark. And when they didn't bark, they would call Moshe a liar because even though our timing, however they figured out time, says that it's chatzos, it can't be the dogs aren't barking, not knowing that lo yachretz kalalashonu that night. Says me Lois, also Rabbi Yonasan Ibshitz and Rabbi Yudasad, that's the reason why they had to, Moshe Rabbeinu said, kichatzos. Because they're not going to know and they're going to be fooled by it. But then comes the Chassam Sofer, the Taurus Moshe, and everything I've set up until now is all based on the Chassam Sofer. Listen to this Chassam Sofer and Taurus Moshe. It's amazing. The mistake was that Mitzrayim is southwest of Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael is right here. Mitzrayim is right here. Now, you should know, we have a different time in our shoal for Vasikin. When we dive in Hanit Sachama, it's a different time than Brisk that's down the block. You know why? Because everything based on, based on Hanitzachama, sunrise, is based on when the sun rises for you. And that depends on your latitude and longitude, where you are. Well, if you're one place and another place is just a couple blocks off, it could be a different latitude or a different longitude. It's possible that it's different because you're a little farther away from that person. We're a little bit more west than where Brisk is. So our timing is off only by a second, but it's off from their Vasikin over there. Mitzrayim is southwest of Eretz Yisrael. Mitzrayim is southwest. It's right down here, which means their chatzos is not the same as the chatzos in Eretz Yisrael. Which means that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, I'm going to go out at chatzos halayla, he wasn't referring to chatzos halayla of Mitzrayim. He was referring to chatzos halayla of Eretz Yisrael. I'm going to go out and every Bechor in Mitzrayim is going to die at exactly midnight. But when's midnight? Midnight of Eretz Yisrael, which in Mitzrayim was a different time. It was a little bit off. Minutes? I don't know. Maybe five minutes, six minutes, seven minutes? But it would have been a little bit off. And if they would have checked their watches right then, they would have said, it's not midnight. The Bechors are dying. But it's not midnight. Yeah, you understand? Why would, why would Hashem talk about um, uh, Eretz Yisrael? It's just the opposite. Why would a Kaddish Baruch Hu ever do chatzos for any other land other than Eretz Yisrael? And I'll tell you even more so. You want to hear the craziest thing? Well, hold on. I'll get, I'll, get, I'll get further with your question. It's a great question. But I'll get something even further with that. But God, do you remember my first question? Dovin Melech had a harp. How did they not know in Mitzrayim, where Chatzos, when Chatzos was in Mitzrayim, if they could have just used a harp? The northern wind blows exactly at Chatzos. So why not take a harp? The answer is the northern wind blows exactly at Chatzos in Eretz Yisrael, not anywhere else. So even if Moshe Rabbeinu would have had a harp and put it up there and allowed the wind to blow, it wouldn't have proven when Chatzos was in Eretz Yisrael. So it wouldn't have done anything. So that's why Moshe Rabbeinu, when he was told, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, I'm going to go out Chatzos, at exactly at Chatzos, and I'm going to kill the Mitzrayim at Chatzos of Eretz Yisrael, said Moshe Rabbeinu, Kechatzos. It's around Chatzos in Mitzrayim. But it's not exactly at Chatzos because it's a different time. It's a different place. So therefore, there is no way to be able to go together as one. This is also mentioned by the Mole Haroim, as well as the Tam Vedas from Sternbach, but they all get it from the Chassam Sofer. The Chassam Sofer is the first one to be able to say it, and it's brilliant. But it goes even further. Rav Wolfson in Amunasi Techa, on page 6 in Chela Gimel, says something even nuttier. He says, when Bnei Yisrael ate their Korban Pesach, ate their Korban Pesach, there's a medrash that they were transported into Eretz Yisrael. Does everybody remember the Pesach, al Kanfei Nisharim? that we flew on eagle's wings to Eretz Yisrael. Rav Wolfson says, based on that medrash, it was literal. When they were sitting in Goshen, in their homes, and they were eating the Korban Pesach, it was as if the whole world lifted itself up 
on eagle wings, brought them to Eretz Yisrael, and they sat down in Eretz Yisrael and ate the Korban Pesach in Eretz Yisrael. You can't eat the Korban Pesach outside of Eretz Yisrael. How could, outside of Yerushalayim, really. How in the world could they have eaten the Korban Pesach in Goshen when they were in Mitzrayim? And the answer is, that's the pshat. Al Kanfinisharim. They were on the eagle's wings that went there, which meant they were on Israel time, not Egypt time. They were literally in Israel. And that's the reason why the Chatzos had to go with what time it was in Eretz Yisrael, not in Egypt. But now you got this dichotomy. B'nai Yisrael in Mitzrayim were actually in Israel. You wouldn't be able to physically see it because that's beyond our understanding, but they were literally almost picked up and thrown in Eretz Yisrael while the Mitzrayim were in Egypt. So HaKadosh Baruch went out and killed the Mitzrayim at the Chatzos time that B'nai Yisrael had when they were, so to speak, in Israel. But they were killed in Mitzrayim, which was actually a different time. Okay, let that sink in for a little bit. Let that sink in, okay? That's crazy. But quick, Dave. Okay, so if that's the case, then why don't we hold that way now for all of uh, the Zmanim? So why do we hold Why don't we go by everything in Eretz Yisrael? No, say, if that's the case, then we right. hold by everything. Why don't we go by everything? Yisrael, hold and by then we go by, right, and then we go by Halacha. There are certain things that we only do by Eretz Yisrael. For example, Kiddush Levana. Kiddush Levana, the last time to say Kiddush Levana is based on Eretz Yisrael. When the Kiddush Levana happens in Eretz Yisrael, not based on us in America. It's not based on our thing. It's ba- yeah, but it's based on the final time to be able to say it is exactly the halfway through the month from when it's seen in Eretz Yisrael. Right, not according to us. There are certain things that go the way. This is a little bit different. Yeah, uh, Yaakov. So that, I don't have a great answer for that. And the, Gemar, the Medrash doesn't answer that question. It doesn't go into it. So I can't tell you how that works out with everything else. I thought somebody was going to ask me the simple question of how did that happen? That's probably a harder question for me to answer, and I have absolutely no idea. But asking why we have the doorpost, I can't answer that. Yeah, Yonatan. Al-Kafinish means in Israel. We're talking about Korum Pesach. Yeah. That was about two parts of zero. Yeah. So how is it even possible? No, that's the old Pesach. The Pesach is because I flew you all Kafinisharim. When did he fly us on Kafinisharim? Now, by the Korum Pesach. It's so past tense about what happened. No, it, that, that's the old Medrash. The Medrash is mentioned there for us to know over here. You can check the Torah Shlema on that Pasuk. That's where it says over there that he flew us on Korban Pesach. Yeah. So what if the time would have been off? It still wouldn't have been a 100%. I'll get to that. Give me a second. Like, what big deal? What, what, what's the big deal? Like, if it was off by a minute, it was off by five minutes. So what? It happened anyway, right? Give me a second. That's, yeah, I'm going to answer that question. But that's where Volson right over there. But then there's more. Mar- the Mariel Diskin, the Rabbi Shul Leib Diskin, he argues that Chatzos changes. And this is also brilliant. As I just said, brisk versus right here is a different time. It's off by a couple seconds, but it's off by a couple seconds. When I saw the Ten Commandments, you know, the original movie with Charlton Heston, all of us saw him, right? When, he, when, when, when I saw that original movie, I always thought I was watching it with my dad. I, I must have been like, I don't know, 41 I don't remember. I was a little kid. I don't remember all that was. Right? And I'm watching it with them. And I saw, like, the way they depicted Makas Bechoros is this, I don't know if you remember, like a light green cloud that, like, goes through and goes under. And as soon as it went under the doors, you're like, ah, like in a house. And there was, like, that scream. And then I went to another place and, ah. And I was like, Dad, that doesn't make any sense. God killed them all at midnight. My dad's like, yeah, that's one of the problems with this. <laughs> There's no other issues with the Ten Commandments. Like, that's the only issue. You know, everything else is historically accurate. Everything was there, but this was 100% inaccurate. According to the Marl Diskin, it was 100% accurate. Because Chatzos is different in every household. Meaning, not like the Chassam Sofer. It's not going on based on Eretz It's going on where they were in Mitzrayim. 
but there's a different chatzos in every area. Meaning there's a chatzos here, there's a chatzos here, chatzos here, chatzos here. And it changed as you went, I guess, more west, more south. It'd be off by a second. Right, it would be off by less than a second, microseconds. But either way, they're right. They didn't know what they were doing with the entire movie, but they were right. That little, oh, it wasn't green, but, and it wasn't smoke. But either way, how Kaddish Baruch Hu killing them at Chatzos happened at different seconds throughout Mitzrayim, which is why Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't say Bechatzos, because there is no one Chatzos. They weren't all. He didn't say, all right, Bechors, all gather together in one big group, everybody get in one big house. All right, all of you are dead. That's not what happened. It went from house to house to house to house all the way around. So he said, Kechatzos. At Chatzos, for each one of you separately, each one of you got a different one. That is brilliant, the Maldiskin. The Tamada says that Tikkun Chatzos, what we do is Tikkun Chatzos. If anybody does Tikkun Chatzos at night, you do it according to Chatzos of where you are, as opposed to the Chatzos of Eretz Yisrael. We don't do it at, I'm saying 12 mid, you know, 12 a.m. midnight. It's not 12 a.m. midnight, but whatever time it is right now. I think it might be 11.34 p.m. right now. We don't do it at, what time would that be, uh, America time, where we are in Chicago? What? Four, it's eight hours, right? So, three, wait, no, it should be four, right? Because eight hours. Oh, but three, right, because it said 11. So, 3.34, it should be 3.34. We don't do Tikkun Chatzos. Nobody does Tikkun Chatzos where they are based on Eretz Yisrael. They do it based on where you are and where the Chatzos is right there. That's how the model Diskin puts it. The Tom Vidas or Sternbach says the exact same thing. And I even found it from Rav Yaakov Emden in the Mor right? He brings down in Orachim Simon Aleph that times change as you walk through the land. Times change. He speaks about the concept of counting days in the Arctic region, which was, if anybody remembers, that was the last part of my Shavuos year, the last 45 minutes of my Shavuos year this past Shavuos. But that was it. Well, times change. How do you define time in the Arctic region, the Antarctic, where it's six months winter, six months summer, and the sun keeps going around, or the sun never rises? What do you do if you're on the moon? What do you do if you're in space? Right? If you're William Shatner and you go up into space, what do you do about Shabbos? Because he's Jewish, right? So what did he do about chakras? He, he probably davened. So what did he, what would he do then? All that is based on this idea of the Maral Diskin. But according to the Chassam Sofer, it's amazing. Seemingly, he would tell you, and I, I did not see this in a psak from the Chassam Sofer, I'm just guessing, that if everything is based on, and you asked me before, what's the Nafkamina? Maybe this is it. Maybe if you're in the Arctic, you, you no longer have time. If you're in space, you no longer have time. According to the Chassam Sofer, maybe you would go with Eretz Yisrael time. You, so to speak, in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's world, you go by Eretz Yisrael time. That's where HaKadosh Baruch Hu goes by. And therefore, everything would be based on that. I don't know if we Paskin, we don't Paskin like that at all. But I don't know if anyone Paskins that way. But it's a crazy idea that's based on that that might be right over there. Okay. With that, with that thing, the concept that we were saying before, of it being a little bit off. Yeah. Maybe a little bit off in certain areas of Eretz Yisrael also. Where would you? 100%. It would have to be the Makom HaMikdash exactly, which works out well with David HaMelech because he literally was living right next to the Makom HaMikdash. So the wind blew, the northern wind blew at exactly that moment. He knew when Chatzos was. Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't know it. That's the idea behind it. The Chassam Sofer says that. It's such an unbelievable idea. Okay. Kol Ram. Now, this is your question, Ben Your question that you asked before, like, what difference does it make? Why wasn't Moshe afraid that he was going to be called a liar? So I'm going to go with one question before that. But not only that the firstborn died, but others died as well. We all know that the firstborn in every household died. So meaning, if the firstborn was actually already dead, then the oldest person in the household died. So they should have ran to Moshe Rabbeinu and they should have said, you're a liar. 
not just the firstborn died, this guy died also, and this guy died also. They didn't realize it was going by Znus, and it was going by the oldest in the household, and everything like that. They would have thought everything like that. They wouldn't know that those men were Bechors, and they, they died anything. So why wouldn't they do that? He answers the simple answer, the Chlau Masayim Mana, which means within 200, you have 100. Did all the Bechors die? Yeah. Did others die with them? Yeah. That doesn't disprove Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu said the Bechors are all going to die. He didn't say no one else would die. He said the Bechors will all die. They all died. Did other people die? Yeah, they also died. So you don't have to worry about it whatsoever. That's what he said over there. But that doesn't apply to Zman. Shai, give me one second. That doesn't apply to Zman. Zman, it's either you do it at that time or you didn't do it at that time. You can't say. He also says that the word Bechor is so colloquial. Like we treat it as firstborn. It could just mean the oldest of the household or the greatest person among them. It doesn't necessarily have to be anything else. But he was vague. On purpose. And that's part of the idea that we say in Perk Yavos, Chachamim Haru Bidivrechem. Be careful with your words because you don't want to be caught as a liar. Even Moshe Rabbeinu understood that. Yeah, Shaya. Yeah. It's not, it, it's not that it's meant, it's not, I should say it better. It's not that only the firstborn had to die. It's the Maka. The Maka itself is the firstborn. That didn't mean other people didn't die. That wasn't the plague, though. The maka, which was supposed to be Mida, Kineg, and Mida, was the firstborn dying. Did other people die? Sure. Like, did somebody die of a heart attack when they saw the frogs? Yeah. But that's not the frogs killing them, right? He just died from a heart attack. Did somebody have a really bad, like, I don't know, like he smelled something really bad during Maka's Dam? Yeah, but it's not the Dam hurting them. It's that there could have been other factors, but yeah. It was still Maka's Bechoros, then with something else. Mati. Mm-hmm. Why go through the effort of even telling the Torah about a specific time in the first place? Only because the Kaddish Baruch who wanted it to be known that the time when they would stop eating the Korban Pesach is when Mitzrayim would be gone and that's when Bnei Yisrael were officially freed. So it was like a time really for, really for Bnei Yisrael to know as opposed to Paro. And we'll see because Moshe Rabbeinu may have told Bnei Yisrael the word Bechatzi Alayla in the middle of the night because they had to know as opposed to Paro where you could say Kichatzos because it wasn't really for them it was really for us yeah doesn't only apply after um, oh you're going back yeah I'm going oh, back oh come on no I'm, I'm way past that <laughs> yes the answer is yes but so either way why, why would it go to I don't know it happened why are you complaining? If God puts you on an eagle and puts you in Israel to eat the corn pass out, you're going to complain? No, but it just seems that the only reason why that be is because it's good. No, it's because it's awesome. <laughs> that's why. Come on, that's not awesome? That's going to be awesome. It's not really because it's good. But yes, the Targum Yonason says that idea. It's good. Right? It was good. I don't know why. Because the second year when they were in the midbar, they still ate it when they were in the midbar and they weren't in Eretz Yisrael. Why didn't that count? I don't know. Targum Yonason says, Bishaita da, which does sound like an exact time. Targum says, Kepalgas Alayla, which sounds a little more vague, the Rashbam says something that happens, it would make the most sense for something that would happen in the future. Kichatso is something you say it's going to happen at some time later on. But the Ibn Ezra says, there's no way, there's no way he meant Bichatso said exactly in the middle of the night. He says, that's not what the Pusik means over here. He says, it's a little crazy of a thought, he says, this is not, it means HaKadosh Baruch would go to Mitzrayim in the second half of the night. 
not exactly at midnight. But Kichatzos, when Chatzos would hit, from that point on, HaKadosh Baruch Hu killed them. By the way, that's totally like the Ten Commandments. So if the Ten Commandments looked up the Ibn Ezra, that means they, they didn't die exactly at midnight, the way Rashi said it. They literally died from the second half of the night. Not only that, there is another Chsam Sofer. I don't know if anybody knows this, but I said this over like seven years ago in a shir here. But the shir is the exact same thing. Makas Bechoros may not have been what you think of. It may not have been that HaKadosh Baruch Hu killed every single person. The famous kasha about why was there a mashchis. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, put the, the blood on the doorpost that the mashchis doesn't come into your house. But there was no mashchis. HaKadosh Baruch Hu killed them all himself. There was no malachim of us. There were no malachim chavala. So why was there any worry over here? What were they worried about? So you want to hear the craziest thing? It's in the beginning of, oh, I just forgot it. I, I, I didn't mention it because I didn't look it up because I forgot that I wanted to bring it up. It's in the beginning of Mesecha Sofrim. Uh, I forgot. I forgot what it is. It's one of the mini Mesechtas at the back of Avodah And right in the beginning, there's like a two-liner right in the beginning of the Mesechta. And the beginning of the Mesechta says that the Pusik says, Hika ko bachor. At midnight, every single Bechor was hit. That hit was done by a Kaddish Baruch Hu, But they did not die. They slowly but surely died throughout the entire night. HaKadosh Baruch Hu allowed the Mashchisim, the Malach HaMavis, and all of his cronies to go through the land killing every single Bechor. How'd they know who was the Bechor? Malachim can't tell a Bechor from a non-Bechor. Every single one who was hit was killed by the Malach HaMavis. And by the way, that explains why Paro was so worried. What was Paro doing in the middle of the night in his pajamas? Running to Moshe Rabbeinu, right? And asking him to save them. But he was a Bechor. He should have died. If he didn't die, then he could say, I didn't die. I'm a Bechor and I didn't die. The answer is, he was hit at midnight and he was dying. But he outran the Malach Amavas and made it to Moshe and saved himself before he died. Isn't that crazy? That's what the Chassam Sofer says. Therefore, he was Hika Kobachor Bar and then later they died. Like the Ibn Ezra, that makes a lot of sense. It happened in the second half of the night itself. Kobe, yeah. Wait, so since he was with Moshe, then because he asked Moshe for permission, and Moshe Rabbeinu said, you can live. So that's why it happened, yeah. Wasn't he technically, like, not really living? Because There's more than that. He also lost all of his sparks of Kedusha. There's a, reason, a lot of reasons why he's dead. But he's not really dead. He's alive, right? He's, okay. he's still walking around. He's still walking and talking. He's a walking and talking paro. So he's still okay. Now, the Miyam always says there is another opinion that Moshe never switched anything at all. Moshe Rabbeinu was told on the night of the 13th leading into the 14th that the next day and at this time, then everybody was going to be killed. The Bechoros were going to be killed. So that's Kichatzos. Like this time now, it will happen tomorrow. There's a Machlokis if that was said in front of an Esau, in front of Paro. If Moshe Rabbeinu was in the actual palace at the time, how could he get Nevuah if he was in an area that had tons of Avodah in it? Was he lifted up 10 Tvachim into the air so he was like, so to speak, above the ground? Anybody who's learned Sukkah in the first parak knows that Moshe Rabbeinu never went over 10 Tvachim in the air, so that's impossible. How could that have happened? Okay, there's a huge Machlokis about that, and I'm not getting into that. Just the Mizrahi and the Gurariye alone have a huge discussion, let alone the Be'er Basada, the Maskal Ladavid, all based on that first Rashi. But there's more. The Svas Emes in Likutim says the reason why Kichatzos was used is because the reason, the, do you remember the first time that Paro was hit? Forget about the Makos. When was the first time Paro was hit by a Malach? Anybody remember? It wasn't the same Paro. That's the hint. Second hint. Yeah. As we, by Sari Menu, right? By Sari Menu, very good, right? Sari Menu went ahead. She said, hit him and hit him. That happened at Chatzos Salila. So Moshe Benu said, Ke Chatzos. 
like that time you were hit back then, it's going to happen again. You're going to get hit a second time. That's what he told them, and that's the reason why Chup was used. That's brought by the Sfas Dams and Likutim itself. Yeah. Uh, what, what is it? Chai. I don't know. I've never done it. I, I guess you just sort of do it, and it happens. Kaddish Baruch clearly wanted him to live. He wanted him to live because of Kriyas Yamsuf, but yet again, all the Bechors had to die. So he had to somehow find a way that they would both work. Okay, now here, guys, the Rabbeinu Bechayo has an unbelievable thing. He says the following. He says, because of a few idiots, a few people were the dumbest people on earth. Moshe Rabbeinu had to change wording that a Kaddish Baruch told him? That's really what you're asking, right? Kaddish Baruch said, tell him Bechatzos. And there's a couple people who don't know what's going on. And then all of a sudden he's like, no, I'm changing it to Kichatzos. Why would he do it for those guys? Aside from that, didn't all the astrologers and necromancers already admit defeat by Kenan? They said, Etzbalo Kimi. They agreed with it. And the third Makkah, in the, after the seventh Makkah, after Barad, in the beginning of the Parsha, right, when Arba happens, they turned him into, they turned to Paro, they're like, don't you realize we're already dead? This is, we're done already. The Khartoumim were done. Who in the world is going to deny Moshe Rabbeinu because they were off by two minutes? That makes no sense at all after everything they've been through. Down to the Akinam Arab Devashimbar at Arba Khoshek, Makas Bakoros was two minutes off. Moshe, it's done. It's done. There's no way it ever happened. We don't believe in it. It's gone. That's so, so crazy. He said the following He says that it's definitely true that. They knew this. There's no question. Up until this point, Moshe Rabbeinu had made one of the biggest Kiddush Hashems that you could possibly imagine. Every time he davened, the Maka came. Every time he davened, the Maka left. That was clear. There's no one that could deny that. There's no one that could say that that didn't happen. They all believed in HaKadosh Baruch Hu at this point. They believed him as a God. Until Kriyas Yamsub, they didn't believe him as the only God. They believed him as, an, as one of the gods, one of the awesome gods that are out there. And then slowly but surely, things changed, right? After that, right, they were just slowly but surely. Some of them ended up becoming the Erev Rav. Those Khartoumim that said, Etzbelokimi became the Erev Rav. Here's what Moshe Rabbeinu was worried about. And it's something that's so huge for all of us. One Chilo Hashem can take apart everything you've done up until that point. One small, tiny Chilo Hashem. Is it an idiot who's saying it? There's no question. It's off by a minute. By a minute. That's crazy. Why would anybody do such a thing? And yet, just that is enough for one guy to make fun of everybody else, and all of a sudden it's gone. You can have one joke. You can have a guy make a very, very serious speech. Very serious. Right? You have one person make fun of it on Twitter, and the whole world treats it as a joke. And it's a true statement. Because you have one person, I'm sorry? Oh, just one thing. Well, that, that was a little bit worse. But I, I, one person does one thing wrong, and then all of a sudden it knocks out everything. Says the Rabbi I realize that hundreds and not, if not thousands, if not tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands would have said, you're, you're, you're being ridiculous. But one joke takes everything down. And we see this all over the place. Amalek jumps into this, the big hot bathtub, the way the, the Rashi puts it. They see, B'nai Yisrael just left Mitzrayim. They did 10 makos, Kriyas Yamsuf. They have the mun. They have, they're surrounded by clouds. And Amalek's like, we're fighting them anyway. Why? They knew it was a suicide mission. They went in knowing if we cool down the bathtub a little bit, maybe everybody else will decide to fight as well. This time we'll die. But the next time, somebody will defeat the Jews. 
We're willing to sacrifice our lives to take down somebody else. It's one little thing. It's like a huge balloon that's filled with helium. You take a tiny little hole and you poke a little hole in it, right? The whole thing's going to go through. The way the Chafetz Chaim says it, you have a massive ship, right? And you have a guy who's sitting there with a little peg and a little, you know, like a, a hammer, and he's smashing into the bottom of the ship. Smashing and smashing. And the guys go up to him and they just say, like, what are you doing? And he's like, what, what's the problem? It's my room. If I want to make a hole in my room, I can make a hole in my room. They're like, dude, if you make a hole in your room, you're going to make the entire ship sink. Don't you realize that? You put a little hole in a balloon, you're going to make the entire helium go out. You make one joke, it'll take down everything we've been doing up until now. Said Moshe Rabbeinu, I'm not taking that chance. Kechatzos. Kechatzos. To make sure that didn't happen. Yeah, Ben. Just a tiny bit. That's all it is. You know what? I'm going to tell you a quick story. When I was in Eretz Yisrael, there was a guy who used to, I was, I was in Basie Yisrael's. I used to stay up late. He used to argue with me all the time. He said, the Chafetz Chaim would turn off lights on people. I'm like, when I turn into the Chafetz Chaim, I'll turn off lights on people. But until that point, I like staying up late. So I'm going to stay up late. So he used to argue with me all the time. He came to me once. He said, if you answer me this one question, I'll never bother you ever again. I don't want to say his name, but like, if you, you were in base around 15, 20 years ago, you know, you know what I'm talking about. I don't think anybody here was there, but if somebody on video. But either way, this guy came inside. He said, what was the real sin of the ego was of? That's what he asked me. So I said, I have an answer, but it's a crazy one. And I said this answer. I said, it's a balloon with a tiny little hole. Once you poke a hole in it, everything goes out. It's the Kliyakar. He says, the problem with the ego was of was Gili Rais, Avodazar, Shrikos, Dhamim, and the 613 mitzvahs. <laughs> you ask, like, what? Like, what does that mean? It's because the ego was of showed that even after Matan Torah, you can still do something wrong. Did they have good reasons for it? They had awesome reasons for it. Would it have been a mitzvah for me to do? It would have been a mitzvah for me to do. Because those people are on such an unbelievably high level. Even the Egel Azov would be considered the greatest thing in the world for a normal person to do. But for us, for them, I should say, it was a Vodazara Mamish. All they did was they made a tiny, tiny little hole in the, a little chink in their armor. They knocked down a little bit and the entire thing was gone. And that's why every sin that a person does has a little bit of the ego as of in it. A little bit because of that. I told him he never bothered me after that point. Never. I was super happy. Super happy. I, I, and I purposely I like, used to go off and I'm like, thank you again. I really appreciate not bothering me. Yeah. Wasn't he translating it to Egyptian anyway? Yeah, don't tell me. Okay. The Ben Ishchai says... It, it's, in Adaris Elio, it's toward the beginning of Shmos. He says, every single conversation that you see here in the Torah, even though it's written in Hebrew for us to understand, it was going on in that language with all the Ramazim and everything you need to know within that language itself. How that happened and how that works, I have no idea. But somehow it was being done in some way, shape, or form. That's my favorite answer to that question. My other favorite answer to that question is, don't ask that type of question. We have no idea how the names represented and why Paro specifically refers to that. I don't have a great answer for it. We specifically used Lashon HaKodesh because there's something HaKodesh Baruch wants to teach us by every single thing. And to, that's part of the reason why we don't treat it as a real story. We treat it as HaKodesh Baruch Hu's word to us. So what that means is, is that every single thing had something. And if HaKodesh Baruch Hu had to switch from Bechatzi Elayla, Bechatzos, into Kechatzos, there's a lesson here. And these are the lessons behind it. That's what I would have to say for that. Anyways, he goes on. Have you ever heard of Shetzim Chanchal? Hold on, I just, because I want to finish this off. Shetzim Chanchal, has anybody heard of that? Shabzai Tzedek Madin, and Chanchal is Chama, Noga, Kochav, Lavana. There are five planets, the sun and the moon, that you can see with your naked eye outside. If you remember, right, outside, right, when, right by sunset, you can see Venus, Saturn, and Jupiter right out there. It's just by sunset. You'll be able to see it for the next, like, 
two weeks, and then it's going to be gone. Okay, but they're right there. And you can see the moon, and the, you can see those three. Obviously, you can see the others. There's five planets and two things all together. Now, Chazal tell us, and this is true, you know, whatever, for the astronomers out there, the massive nerds. So each one of those appear for one hour. They have like a rulership for each hour. I shouldn't say astronomers, I should say astrologers, the not-so-massive nerds. So they have, each one works for one hour for seven-hour periods, which means it goes Shetzem Chanchal, Shabsai, then Tzedek, then Madim, and then Chama, then Noga, then Kochav, Levana. Each one of them works. It's not just, it's throughout the Gemara, but it's, it's in Rosh Hashanah, it's in the end of Shabbos. It goes through each one. So each hour has something. If you know your stuff, you know that the concept is Katznash Chalam. Katznash Chalam are the beginnings of each, it's the Rashi Tevis for all those that go in the beginning of the night of each week. So in other words, at sunset of every week, sunset of Sunday, Kochav, Mercury, is the leader. Sunset of Monday is Tzedek, that's Jupiter. Then of uh, Tuesday is Noga, that's Venus. Of Wednesday is Shabsoi, that's Saturn. And it goes on. Each one at the beginning of the night, that's when it rules over. Says the Rabbeinu Bahai, and only the Rabbeinu Bahai can say that. Moshe Rabbeinu said Kechatzos. Because midnight of Thursday night, which was the night that they left Mitzrayim, they left Thursday night slash Friday morning, that night at midnight would have been the mazel of Madim. Does anybody know what Madim is? Mars. Mars. Mars is the god of Egypt. And I will refer you back to a shir that I gave a couple years ago on Bera'a Hotziam Laharogo Sambarim. With evil, Ra'a is referring to the Egyptian god of Ra or Horus, the deities that they believed in at the time that referred to evil and have a connection to the planet Mars. They believed that the Jews were going to be leaving at the mazel of Mars. They weren't off because at midnight, that's when Mars came into play. The reason why Moshe Rabbeinu said Kichatzos instead of Bichatzos is because the Egyptians could very well believe that, that the god of war, the god of blood, Madim, or Horus, or Ra, or whatever they called it, would be able to kill them at exactly midnight. So that's why Moshe Rabbeinu said Kichatzos, it would start a few minutes before, while it was still in the mazel of Levana, of the moon, a couple minutes beforehand, so that they know that it wasn't Madim that's destroying them, it's Akadosh Baruch Hu using that area. Says Rabbeinu Bechayah, so why did Akadosh Baruch Hu make it at midnight? Why not make it during the 11th hour, right, instead of 12, or whatever it is, the 5th hour, so it wouldn't run into that? He says because Akadosh Baruch Hu does not make a miracle if he doesn't have to, if he can use the mazel of Madim to destroy people at Makas Bechoros, he did, and that's how they got killed. It was through the mazel of Madim. How that works exactly, you got to look at the Rabbeinu Bachai inside, but it's one of the craziest things. The Malbim even says the Egyptians knew this. They saw in their star charts, because I love star charts, star charts, that the Jews would leave Egypt at midnight on the 15th of Nisan. They, now, they didn't leave. They left the next morning because Hashem told them to stay. But if they would have left at that time, they were leaving Bera'a at the Mazel of Madim, and they saw there was going to be blood. Their mistake was that it was Egyptian blood that was being spilled and not Jewish blood that was being spilled. They saw the death on that night. They assumed that the Jews would be there, not realizing it was Egypt being decimated. It is unbelievable how the Malbim puts it, that it all happened on that night, and they were absolutely shocked because they were dead right and dead wrong, but mostly dead, at the exact same time while everything happened. Just got to finish it up, Zevi. Ready? Okay. 
There's more over here. There's a Chizkuni, there's an Abarbanel, there's Rechaim Paltiel, there's a Kliyakar about Midek and Agamida. There's a Dazdekini about the, about the order of the Makos, exactly why this one had to be the last. There's a Rambam that says when this was told, there's an Orachaim Akadosh, that Ramban, I said Rambam. The Ramban and the Orachaim Akadosh that says what was happening in this night many years earlier and how it applied to right now. There's a question why a Kadosh was to do it himself, Aniva or Ashliach. We've talked about that in the past. There's an Orachaim Akadosh that explains that right over here. There's a Kliyakar and and it's Siv, who gives an unbelievable marshal over here. But I'm going to end with two things over here, because I still have like five minutes. So I'm going to go through this super quickly. The Moshe Kenny explains the word Yotze was used. I mean, Yotze is over time instead of the word Nichnas, because it means strength in many different places. So he refers to all Kodesh Baruch who is going out to do something, not just that he left. Now, the Balaturim says the word Yotze is saying, I'm Yotze my Chiyot. I'm Yotze my Shibud. HaKadosh Baruch promised Abraham Avinu that he was going to bring them out with riches. I'm Yotze it now, said HaKadosh Baruch I'm going to be Yotze myself one time. I'm Yotze by doing what I need to do. So to speak, I paid it back what I need to do. The Oznayim Torah says this sounds like a slight of honor to HaKadosh Baruch that his entrance caused the Bechoros to die. It's more like HaKadosh Baruch left. Now, we've done, we've done Tanya together. The concept of HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not cause death by entering an area. HaKadosh Baruch Hu causes death by removing the Shechina. That's why it says, Ani Yotze, so to speak, I'm going to let myself out, and then the Bechors are going to die. It's not that HaKadosh Baruch Hu came in, so to speak, with a sword and started chopping down Mitzrayim, right? It's rather that HaKadosh Baruch Hu took himself out of the Mitzrayim and automatically, Mamela, all the Mitzrayim were dead. That's the idea behind Yotzi itself. That's how the Oznayim Latorah tells it. That's the Sfas Amis and Likutim as well says the exact same thing. Haksav Kabbalah says the word Yotzi means misgali. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu revealed himself to the Egyptians at the time of their death and they died. I've always had a kash on that. I've never quite understood why the Mitzrayim were zochet to die by the hand of God. You'd think that that's the highest form of death, like Nishika. It's very strange to me that Mitzrayim were zochet to an unbelievable death that they didn't get the Malachim of us. Why were they zochet to a death that God was doing it for them? I have ideas. My basic idea is, how can you punish a person in this world? They're going to get all of their punishment here. They're not going to get a punishment in Olam Haba. How could the Mitzrayim deserve a punishment in this world and Olam Haba? My idea is, is that since they died by the hands of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, that allowed them to get their punishment both in this world and the next cool idea, right? But that's the idea. We see this also by Sancheriv's army. Sancheriv's army, according to one opinion in the Gemara and Sanhedrin of Dafsadi Dalad Mabez, the way that they died is that a Kaddish Baruch Hu revealed the songs of the Malachim to them. As soon as they heard the songs of the Malachim, they died. And although that can't be taken literally, the idea behind it is, is that once a Kaddish Baruch Hu is Megala himself to the masses, that allows something to happen that we don't want to happen otherwise. Some type of death for when every when a Kurdish Baruch Hu, so to speak, allows himself to be seen. That's what I think the Ksavah Kabbalah is referring to, even though he doesn't say it straight out. And I'll end with this. The Shach says, well, the Torah more says that a Kurdish Baruch Hu went away from his Midas Arachamim and he went to his Midas Adin. So Yotze is take out from one to the other. But the Shach says, this is the only Maka, and think about this for a second. I was shocked by this as well. It's the only Maka that happened at night. Choshech obviously was darkness. Right, Shechin and Kinim also were dark during that time. The other makos also happened during the night. It wasn't just during the day. It was that? But it's the only maka that was mamish at night and only at night. That's a strange thing. What's the idea behind this? He says the word kichatzos includes both the first half of the night, known as midas adin, 
And the second half of the night, known as Midas Arachamin. Remember I mentioned Tikkun Chatzos earlier? You know what people do at Tikkun Chatzos? The reason why they daven specifically at Chatzos? Because it's the turnover. Where Kaddish Baruch, whose Midas Adin turns into Rachamim, and we're asking Hashem to rebuild the base of Mikdash at a time when his Rachamim is there. So we're asking Kaddish Baruch to change something around. This Maka included Din and Rachamim. There was din, obviously, for the Egyptians, but there was rachamim for the Jews because, as we mentioned before, they had blood on their doorposts that HaKadosh Baruch Hu couldn't come in. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak, kicked them all out and allowed them to be out of the Makkah. There was din and rachamim at the same time, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, kick chatzos, just like chatzos is a mixture between the din before chatzos and rachamim after chatzos. At that moment, says the Shach, was the perfect time to kill them where there would be din for one and rachamim for the other. It was that hour, right before madim, along with Levana, where Klal Yisrael is known as the moon, because we wax and wane as the times go. Sometimes we do well, sometimes we do not so well. And then madim, in which everything is totally destroyed, that continued everything. He says that's the split in the night for the Midas Adin to reign. So the purpose of Kechatzos was really for this, to indicate that this is a time not just bad for the Egyptians, but good for the Jews at the exact same time. Shukai everybody.